This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 2 through 9. And there was a man in Mon whose possessions, or his business, were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was the house of Caleb. So the first thing I want us to notice here, I want to point out, is the meanings of uh, the rich man and his wife's names. Nabal means obstinate fool, and Abigail means the joy of her father. Now, as we read through this, you're going to find out that the meanings of those names actually fit them very well. We're going to continue to read on there in verse 4. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in, in my name. And thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shears. Now my shepherds which were with us... We hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask thy young men, and they will, they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand, unto thy servants, and unto thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David, and ceased. They waited. So David hears that Nabal is shearing, sheep, shearing his sheep during those, uh, sorry, he was shearing his sheep, and during those times it was custom to celebrate sheep shearing with a feast. It's kind of a tongue twister for me today. Now, remember what I said earlier that David and his men, uh, they protected Nabal's shepherds and their, their flocks when they were out in the wilderness. So now David, he wants Nabal to give his men some food for a feast because he feels like he should be rewarded for protecting his shepherds and his flocks. But notice what Nabal's response is, starting in verse 10. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who's David? And who's the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from their master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and given unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those things. David was just straight up disrespected right here by Nabal. He acts like he didn't have any idea who he is. And as we'll see later, he probably knew who he was. Because his wife knew who David was. And we'll read that here in just a little bit. Um, 
But notice what David's response is. When his men come back and tell him what Nabal said, let's notice what his response is, starting in verse 13. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword, and they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about 400 men, and 200 abode by the stuff. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good to us, and we, we were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them when we were, when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by day and night, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. David gets so offended and is so offended by, by Nabal's response, he wanted to kill him in his household. That's how mad he was. He was so mad he was willing to kill people, innocent people, just because he was disrespected and they wouldn't give or he wouldn't give uh, his men food. Now, who here has gotten mad? I would say that we've all gotten mad. Probably got upset over something, lost our cool, maybe broke something because we were so mad. I was out in the shop a couple weeks ago working on the excursion, and I needed a pair of channel locks. Well, my good channel locks were in the, the camper in the toolbox, and I didn't want to go up front and get it. I had a pair of channel locks sitting there. They've been sitting there for years, and I try not to use them because they're not worth a dime. And so I grabbed them, and oh, we'll give it a shot. And after about the fifth or sixth time of them squeezing and cutting loose and smashing my finger... I tossed him out the, out the door. <laughs> I literally grabbed him underneath the excursion, whoop, skipped him across the sidewalk and into the alley. And a couple, about a week after that, we were, I was out there talking to Josh, and he was like, where'd these come from? I said, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> you know, I've been pretty upset, but I don't know that I've ever been so mad that I wanted to kill someone in their household. I just don't think I've been that mad before. But David was there. That's exactly where he was at. He was that mad. And he was allowing his anger to drive him to sin. Now, when the young man speaks to Abigail, he confirms that David and his men protected them. And he doesn't speak very highly of his master, Nabal, does he? Because he basically calls him a scoundrel that won't listen to anyone. Fortunately, though, his wife's smarter than he Abigail is smarter than, than, uh, than Nabal because she was willing to listen and jump into action. As we read, starting in verse 18, Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready, to, ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses, And she said unto her servants, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. And it was so, as she rode on the ass, that she went, or that she came down by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met them. Now David said, Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath requited me evil for good. 
So, and more also, do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all the of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is within him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom whom thou didst send. Here is where we see Abigail's intervention. She was doing her best to try to prevent David from making a big mistake and shedding the blood of these innocent men and of her household. So she brought food and drink. And showed great humility by bowing down to David as she began to reason with him. Even though it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her fault that this was happening. It wasn't her fault that David got mad and wanted to to basically destroy her household. But she was willing to take the blame for her husband because she didn't want them. She didn't want her household to suffer by David's hands. She was putting herself in harm's way for the good of her household. And she also points out that Nabal was like his name. He was a fool, a fool of folly, or we could say full of foolishness. She wanted David to know that her husband just wasn't worth the messing with. He wasn't worth his time because he's a foolish man. Now that she has David's attention, notice what else she, what else she has to say, starting in verse 26. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now this blessing which thine handmaid hath brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighteth the battles of the Lord, and evil hath not, been, hath not been found in all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God, and the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my loved have done to my Lord according to all the good that he hath spoken concerning thee, and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be, this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto the, uh, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood costless, or that my Lord hath avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. Abigail tells David that her people aren't his enemy, and she asks for his forgiveness. And she points out how the Lord is on David's side and how he's been fighting the enemy for God. And she obviously knew about David and how he killed Goliath because she, right there, she makes mention of how God will take care of his enemies by slinging them out from a pocket of a sling. And finally, she tells him if he does kill her people, that he'll be guilty of of killing innocent people without cause because he had no real cause for it. He was just mad. Abigail's intervention provided a way for David 
so that he wouldn't sin. It opened David's eyes and forced him to examine himself and the actions he was about to take. You know, we can take that and we can apply that to our lives today. You know, if we see our brother or sister getting angry and they have intention of releasing their wrath on someone, we need to, we need to intervene to keep them from sinning. I mean, if, if Matt gets mad at me for some reason and y'all hear about it and he decides he wants to try to beat me up, I would appreciate if you would intervene in some way. I mean, call me at least. Maybe I can talk him down. I, Matt, I love you. You know that, right? <laughs> but we need to intervene to cause, a, uh, cause him from sinning. You know, if, if we're the cause of their anger, we need to act quickly, try to resolve the issue. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You know, it might be the case that, that you're right about something, and they're wrong. And you could argue until you're blue in the face, but it's not going to change the situation, is it? Sometimes we need to be like Abigail and we just need to, we need to apologize. Even if it's not our fault, we need to apologize. Just go to them, talk about it. Look, whatever I'm, I've done, I'm, I'm sorry. Whether it's your fault or not, be the bigger person. Some things, they're just not worth the headache or the anger it will cause. And we got to realize that. You know, if we get upset about something, I mean, does it really matter in the, the big scheme of things? If it doesn't, you should probably take a step back before you react on that. We'll continue reading on in verse 32. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to, to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which hast kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For in very deed as the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hadst hasted and come to meet me, surely there had not been left any left unto Nabal by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice, and have accepted thy person. So look what David did here. David allowed himself to be rebuked by this woman. He listened to reason, didn't he? You know, as Christians, we need to do the same thing. We need to have the same attitude. We need to have open minds and, and open ears and pay close attention to what people are telling us because they may be trying to keep us out of trouble. They may be trying to keep us from sinning. And men, we should listen to our wives. I know sometimes that's, that's hard for us to do. But women, you should listen to your husbands. Again, I know sometimes that is hard to do. But we need to listen to each other. Now, I'm sure everyone here that's been married for an amount of time can think of a moment or a situation where their spouse probably kept them out of trouble. You say, hey, you need to think about this for a minute. Or you need to calm down. Or, you know, a little, honey, it's okay. It's okay. I get that a lot. But I can tell you there have been times where I've been really upset about something that didn't matter anything that she held me back. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, we'll continue reading. 
and 36. Yeah. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore, she told him nothing, less or more, until the morning light. But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. And it came to pass about ten days after that the Lord smote Nabal, that he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord that hath pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and hath kept his servant from evil. For the Lord hath returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David, David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hasted and arose and rode upon an ass with five damsels of hers that went after her. And she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. Well, thanks to Abigail and thanks to her intervention and David's willingness to listen and to examine his actions, he, didn't allow his, he did not allow his anger to cause him to sin. But in the end, we can see that Nabal paid for his foolishness because once he heard what his wife had done, his heart died in him. And then he turned to stone. And then 10 days later, uh, the Lord struck him dead. And then we see after Nabal's death, David goes and asks Abigail to be his wife. She agreed, and then they got married. I mean, who says the Bible can't be romantic, right? It'd make a good Hallmark story. Now, I know that we've read a lot, and I knew it was going to take a while to get that done. Like I said, I, I should have listened to David a little bit more last night, but I was already, already so far into my PowerPoint, I didn't want to mess anything up. But as we get to the end here, there are a few things that I hope you've gotten out of the lesson. And if you haven't, you're about to get it. So at least get these three things. It's important to keep an eye out for each other and to, uh, and to intervene to keep others from sinning. If we see one of our brothers and sisters doing something that we know they shouldn't be doing or about to do something we know they shouldn't be doing, we need to intervene. We need to go have a conversation with them. And then second, listen to what others have to say. It might keep you from doing or saying something you'll regret. Listen to your spouse. Listen to your friends. Listen to your brothers and, brothers and sisters in Christ. They might have something to say that will keep you from sinning. Listen to your children. Believe it or not, my child has kept me from doing something that I was going to do because I was upset. Uh it, was, it wasn't a few weeks ago. This probably wasn't something that kept me up to keep me from getting upset. But we were having a conversation about um, them talking to us. And I said, well, you go tell your mom. You talk to your mom all the time. You don't come talk to me. And both of my children tell me, well, it's because we don't know if you're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood. And I was like, okay, that's a good slap in the face. I guess I need to. Be in a good mood more often. I didn't realize that I was in a bad mood. <laughs> so we need to listen to others. And number three, 
Don't let yourself get so angry that you do something you'll regret. You always have a choice. You can either choose to sin or you can choose to not sin. There is always a choice. Just calm down. That usually helps. So as we've read here, we read that about Abigail's intervention and how she intervened so David wouldn't sin. You know, we have someone that has intervened for us, and that's Jesus. God sent Jesus to intervene and to save us from our sins, to free us from our sins. And it's through him that we have a hope of heaven. If he hadn't come down and intervened to keep us from our sins, we would have no hope of heaven. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.